Google has announced that in 2024, they're going to eliminate third-party cookies as well. And so again, this shift is going to occur for everyone. And so you know, the ability to aggregate and use first-party data is going to be critical. The ability to differently target and differently measure campaign effectiveness is going to be critical as well. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Aaron Burnett, and he is the CEO and founder of Wheelhouse Digital Marketing Group and is recognized by Inc. Magazine as one of the best places to work in the United States and by both Seattle Magazine and Puget Sound Business Journal as one of the best places to work in Washington State. Aaron delivers an engaging, inspiring conversation about building and thriving culture infused with helpfulness, generosity, and joy, and about the current state of digital marketing throughout the lens of leading a digital marketing agency. We're going to talk all about these digital nuggets and all about HIPAA and all the things that are going on in the healthcare space and what's happening with the new rules that are coming out and privacy things and all the wonderful nuggets that you need to know as a marketer uh, because our industry is definitely changing with first-party data versus third-party data. So stay tuned for that. But first, it's time for your Marketing Essentials Moment, the basics that you need to help you continue to build your brand and your bottom line. Today's topic is about how Google is introducing new limited ads serving policy. So meaning Google will limit the reach of campaigns from advertisers. And basically it anything that's not familiar with until a trust is established. So really what's happening is the platform, Google Ads, is in introducing this policy to combat scams and help prevent mis misleading ads and help create more ad clarity. And so what the platform is going to do is it'll now have to get to know you as the advertiser. It'll have this get to know you period for advertisers that it doesn't necessarily know well. And during the time, Google Ads may limit how many impressions unfamiliar advertisers will receive meaning that they're going to limit the ad serving up until they know and trust you as an advertiser. So what's going to happen is when you apply to be an advertiser and you want to target specific brands within a campaign, but that relationship between the ad and the brand is not clear, Google is going to use this policy to put in place to roll out when it can then trust you to do more. And this gradual rollout will, will help ideally curb some bad actors, some scammers that are out there. So that way legitimate advertisers can have time to clarify their branding strategies on the platform before they get rewarded with the full reach or the full amount of leads and click-throughs that you can get as an advertiser. So implementing the stricter ads policy will help to build trust with the good apples that are out there and trying to help, you know, build brands and bottom lines and giving then people more confidence to click on ads from brands that are advertising on Google because the trust factor has been established. So the actual impact will be that, you know, we'll have more confidence for the actual people who are users who will then click on ads 
and not feel like it's a scam because they've already been, these advertisers have already been vetted. And then these brands are reducing the scam and not being able to have that. And it'll have higher quality uh, for advertisers who are targeting the right people. So Google ads will notify our advertisers by who are all Im going to be impacted by this new policy. And then the advertisers will get guidance on meeting those requirements to reach what Google's or Google is going to call qualified status. And then of course, Google ads is to slowly phase in enforcement before gradually expanding the policy's reach. And of course, measuring trust will be an interesting thing to see how Google plays this out, but they're going to gauge how trustworthiness is of the advertiser based on a track record and user feedback. And of course, Google ads are going to closely monitor feedback and, and of course, consider any negative and positive reviews. And then they're going to look at the advertising history of the advertiser, and then they're going to analyze whether or not the advertisers have been in good standing and have been adhering to all of its advertising policies. And then there's going to be an identity verification where the platform will be making sure that advertisers confirmed that they complete the step as an important factor in establishing that trust between the users and the advertisers. So it's going to be interesting to see how it will all play out. And of course, Google wants to help the advertisers because they want them to spend more money, of course. So they're going to want to, you know, verify and qualify the advertisers. But I think it'll be a nice thing because then we'll get rid of the scammers and the bad apples that just don't belong. And then our users will have more trust in those of us who are doing it correctly, right? Uh, so I think that's going to be a new welcomed change. It's going to be maybe a little bit of a headache to get established. But if you've been advertising and you have a track record, it probably won't take as long as if you are brand new at advertising on Google ads. So keep that in mind as you prepare. And if you're brand new to advertising on Google, just know that you are going to have to go through a verification and qualify for your trustworthiness of what you can do and how you can advertise on Google. So with that said, let's get into this very timely interview and we'll go from here. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition community. And today's guest, we have Aaron Burnett. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thanks very much. And tell us a little more about you. I know we'll all have read the bio, but uh, I would just love to kind of dig in and, and tell our audience a little more about where you came from, how you got to where you are, uh, why you're in Seattle now. Just give us a little, uh, a little brief history here about Aaron. Sure. So I started uh, my career as a marketing executive. Uh, I became VP of sales and marketing at AT&T Wireless and then had other VP roles with tech companies in the Northwest. Uh, as I was doing so, you know, digital was really in its ascendancy. I fell in love with digital. It is the intersection of the art of marketing and technology and sort of a definitive outcome. The thing that I love about digital marketing that isn't necessarily present in traditional marketing is your performance is in the data. You did it or you didn't, and you can tell. Uh, and so I gravitated toward two things, one, entrepreneurship, and two, digital marketing. I became a partner in a UX design firm, and in that UX design firm, I built a search marketing practice, bought my partners out of that, and established a Wheelhouse in 2010. So we just celebrated our 13th anniversary. Uh, throughout our history, 
we've really uh, grown by being an exceptional data-driven performance marketing agency. We work with a, a variety of clients over the years, uh, unified by one common goal, which is they want to achieve a transactional outcome. It's either lead generation or an e-commerce transaction. There have been some notable uh, exceptions. We work with NASA for the last five years, and they just want more people to see the fantastic information that they have. Uh, and over the years, we developed a real concentration in healthcare. We grew through referral. In fact, for about six years, we grew at about 50% year over year, all through word of mouth. And when you grow through referral, you tend to get clients like the clients you have. We had some anchor healthcare clients and acquired many more healthcare clients. And so today, we're really focused on performance marketing for the healthcare ecosystem. So healthcare systems, medical device, and the like. So that's pretty phenomenal to uh, carve out and buy out your partners and go through all that process. And I also read that you were uh, ranked as one of the top places to, to work too. That was, that, let's talk a little bit about that. And maybe um, as you've gone along, the crew that you have that work with you, it, let's just talk a little bit about how you get to be one of the best places to work. Yeah. So uh, when I established Wheelhouse, I wanted to create... Uh, the kind of place that I always wanted to work and the kind of agency I, I always wanted to hire when I worked for other people. So thinking about the kind of place that I wanted to work, I wanted this to be very much a values-driven culture uh, and um, a place where people were known and cared for and their careers and uh, their identities were nurtured. And so values very much inform the culture that we've created, the way that we interact and engage with one another and with our clients. And our, our core values are much more than something that we put on our website. They are a part of our daily life here. The two that are probably um, the strangest, the most unconventional, are helpfulness and generosity. So we believe that we exist to be helpful, uh, regardless of what is contained in a given contract with a client. And we tell every new client that you might be a digital advertising client. You may have an engineering problem, analytics problem. Ask us. We'll help you. We'll be generous with our time and expertise. We'll almost certainly do work that we're not explicitly paid for. But as we look out for your best interests, we'll rely on you to look out for our best interests. And the financial side will work itself out. The other very unconventional uh, value for us is joy. We believe in pursuing joy every day in our work. Again, just like our client base, which is quite eclectic, we're all quite different from one another, except that we are unified in that we're all intrinsically motivated and very passionate about digital marketing. And we all want to have a daily work experience that is not one in which we're grinding it out. You know, the, the agency model uh, has a sometimes well-deserved reputation for being a place where you have a few senior folks and you hire a lot of junior folks and you work them quite hard and they stay with you for a short period of time and they move somewhere else. And that's not the experience we wanna create here. We wanna create an experience where in every day we experience joy through learning something new, achieving something, and experience with one another uh, by uh, demonstrating that we can deliver joy to uh, a client or to a coworker. And that also is a part of the fabric of the culture and something that in fact we've operationalized here. Uh, every employee gets a monthly joy fund. It's an amount of money that they can spend on anything they like, so long as it delivers joy to someone they work with. You can team together, you can aggregate the funds, you can save them up, but you need to deliver joy. And there are two great things that come from that. One is that 
for me to deliver joy to you, I have to know you well enough to know what brings you joy. So I have to get to know you. And the second is that if I can deliver joy to you, that gives me a sense of my agency in the world, my ability to make the world a better place and to make the experience of others a better place. And so by focusing on those things, by operationalizing joy, operationalizing generosity uh, in the way that we engage with employees and our compensation philosophy, in the way that we interact with one another and try to uh, nurture and manage uh, team members here, try to create, again, the, the sort of place that I wanted to work. I love that. I, I think uh, if you have joy in the work that you do, then it'll shine through to your clients. I always say happy campers, happy customers, right? If you sure. keep uh, your happy, your crew happy, then then they're going to in turn take care of, of your your clients, your community, and all of the above. So I, I just love that, that you give them a, a joy budget, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Give me an example. What have some people, what have, what have they done for others in, in using their joy budget? All sorts of things. Uh, so over the years, here are some of the notable examples. Uh, we had one person working for us who is a single mom with two kids uh, who is very, very busy. Uh, she, in fact, uh, was working for the first time in a long time and finding that routine challenging uh, and was having a hard time uh, keeping up with just keeping your house clean and keeping things organized and, and, and maintaining everything else in her, her daily life. So many of us uh, joined together and hired a house cleaner for her for six months so that she didn't have to worry about that. Uh, in many instances, the joy fund will be something maybe a little more mundane, which is, hey, I've overheard you say that you love a particular restaurant or you love a particular experience. And so we'll purchase that for someone. Or uh, in some instances, uh, when Hamilton first came out and people were just dying to get tickets, uh, we had a couple of folks who were traveling to Chicago when Hamilton was playing there. And we purchased tickets to go see Hamilton for them, those sorts of things. Sometimes extravagant, sometimes more mundane, uh, but always intended to deliver joy. But it, it, as extravagant or mundane it is, it's still meaningful, which is amazing. I love it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I don't need to throw a bunch of statistics and percentages at you for you to know that most of us spend too much time staring at screens. Being able to consume your content on the go means that your clients and customers can listen and learn from you without being tied to their desks. With Hello Audio, your customers can put their phones down, power off their PCs, close their MacBooks, and get the information they need from you while they're, let's say, walking a dog, doing a jigsaw puzzle, washing the dishes, maybe when they're in the car or exercising on the treadmill, sunbathing in their garden. Well, Hello Audio makes it incredibly easy for you. No more hours spent trying to figure out tech settings or trying to make a square peg fit into a round hole. You can click publish on an audio feed in a matter of minutes and have control over who accesses what. So visit peppershock.com offers and sign up for a free trial of Hello Audio. So Aaron, let's dig in a little bit more. You talked about really um, the healthcare space 
and the digital advertising and, and marketing that's changing in, in all of the, I mean, all different spaces it's changing, but let's, let's kind of dive into that and some of the things that you've been doing with your clients that have been really effective, maybe some trends that you're seeing, uh, maybe some things that our listeners could glean from you um, as examples of something that could potentially work for them if it's modified or, um, you know, changed to their, to, to their industry specifically, but what, what are you doing that seems to be working really well and why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so first let's talk about how the landscape has changed over the last nine months in particular. Uh, I'm sure uh, virtually all of your listeners will have heard of HIPAA regulations. HIPAA historically was understood to pertain to a patient's medical record and the right of a patient to maintain confidentiality of that and control of that medical history. Uh, HIPAA was expanded dramatically in a way that directly affects digital marketing at the end of last year. So in December of 2022, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services issued new guidelines on the use of digital tracking technologies for what are called covered entities. So that's a health system, anybody who has your medical records, and business associates, which means the partners of those covered entities who've signed a particular agreement saying they also will maintain confidentiality. In effect, that expanded guidance uh, rendered digital, virtually all digital tracking technologies uh, no longer compliant with HIPAA unless you have a business associate agreement in place with the platforms you use. Well, so let's talk for just a couple of minutes about the changing nature of that regulation. Again, HIPAA was focused on patients historically the change was sort of threefold in December. One, uh, HHS said, this is not just patients. This is anybody who visits a website. When someone visits a website, patient or not, whether they've been identified or not, they are covered by HIPAA regulations. And there are two critical things that cannot be collected and cannot be used. One is IP address. And the second is URL information that pertains to either a health condition or a physician, or appointment setting, or some treatment. So anything that indicates, that may indicate your interest in a health condition combined with your location can't be tracked. The problem with that is that most major platforms collect that information by default. So digital marketing, you know, like any good digital marketer, I've heard you on your podcast talk about the criticality of tracking and measurement. It's how we all get the information that we need to target campaigns, target audiences, optimize campaigns, and then understand on the back end what performance we drove, uh, what outcomes we achieved through testing, all of that sort of thing. To do that, we rely on Google Analytics. We advertise through the meta platform on Facebook and Instagram. We use programmatic display through any number of different DSPs. Uh, we use PPC advertising. All of those platforms collect IP address and URL information. Some of them more greedily than others. Uh, Meta will slurp up everything uh, that a user does on your site, including what a user enters into a form. Uh, Google Analytics by default collects IP address and URL information. And so the effect of this new guidance is Google Analytics in its default implementation is not legal. Uh, Meta's tracking pixels, so all of these, what are called third-party tracking pixels, that are in the control of these third parties uh, now can't be used in their default state because they will absolutely collect 
uh, information that is considered protected health information. So the implication then is third-party data, the data that these platforms collect can no longer be used unless you create a custom implementation uh, that does one of three things. It controls the point of collection and controls what is collected. It cleanses or sanitizes the information in midstream and then also has to control what's shared with these platforms down to a single data attribute level so you're absolutely certain uh, that you're not sharing PHI because the cost of violating these regulations uh, is extreme. It's at least millions and usually tens or hundreds of millions. Uh, and so what's happened for us across the ecosystem of healthcare organizations has been all along the continuum from uh, some healthcare organizations have removed everything. So no analytics, no third-party tracking pixels, nothing. Oh boy, then that's going to be really hard to know if anything's working or not. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. And so one of the things I'll share is how we actually uh, uh, were able to maintain digital marketing and successful digital advertising flying blind. Others, for others, we've created custom implementations, custom tracking implementations that give us those three points of control so that we can continue to advertise and market effectively. But in every instance, what this points to is the criticality of first-party data. So as digital marketers, we've relied on third-party data for our life's blood, for the entire history of digital marketing. Um, these platforms have done such a good job of aggregating not only the performance data from our own sites, but then combining that data with everything else they know about that user as they transit the web, and then giving us the ability to really effectively target those folks and refine our targeting to identify micro audiences and come up with very specific messages for those micro audiences on a specific platform as we uh, effectively sort of move people through that conversion journey. All of that goes away if you're in uh, a healthcare organization that's covered by HIPAA. So the data that you have to rely on then needs to be your own data. It has to be first party data. That's the data that you'll need to use for targeting purposes. That's the data that you'll need to aggregate uh, in order to identify audiences and optimize campaigns. It's also the data that you'll need to use in order to understand performance on the back end, which is just such a seismic change uh, over what we've done you know, for the history of our agencies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's always unique challenges and things that you're wanting to try to accomplish and do and make sure you're following all the rules and doing all the things that you're supposed to, you know, make sure that you're not, you know, out of compliance. And, and then, you know, if a fine comes down, who's, who's responsible? Is it the agency or is it the entity that you're, you're advertising for, right? Then there's that question too. Oh, where does that go? <laughs> well, so there's a, a clear way to answer that. Um, if you're working with a covered entity, a healthcare organization, and you're exposed to what's called PHI, uh, you have to sign a business associate agreement. And a business associate agreement is an agreement where you say you're going to exercise the same degree of care as the covered entity. You also have many of the same legal obligations uh, if there is any sort of a breach. And so if you're an agency working with healthcare providers or medical device marketers or manufacturers, you're signing BAAs uh, with those organizations and taking on substantial liability. 
um, which also means that you have to change your operations. So for example, as an agency, every person at Wheelhouse uh, has gone through HIPAA compliance training, and we do that every year. Uh, the engineers we have on our team have gone through much more rigorous HIPAA compliance training because we've built, part of what we've done is to build our own technology uh, that enables us to be exceptionally effective in this space. And some of that technology does include ingesting and working with client data that may contain PHI. Uh, and so we have to have an extra level of rigor that enables us to be effective uh, and also protect that data. Yeah, that's amazing. That's uh, definitely a, a really good niche for you to be in because no one wants to get in trouble. No one wants to get, you know, fined in, in, in that space at all. So that's awesome. And, you know, you said something else earlier about, um, you know, first party data and, and being able to have first party versus third party, right? And first party data, like being able to capture that and, and contain it and keep it where it's safe. Um, just explain a little bit more about how you're able to get that first party data. I mean, there's multiple different ways to do it, but maybe something that's been super successful for you to be able to do that. What does that look like? Sure. So I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, one, with one client, what we were able to do to uh, aggregate and augment uh, tracking data in a way that is compliant, is HIPAA compliant, but it still gives us clarity with regard to performance, uh, and added to the trove of first-party data is to differently structure URLs. And so uh, we can structure URLs in a way that actually conveys all sorts of campaign and audience information. And then importantly, we have integrated everything we've got in the way of analytics with that client CRM, which is a HIPAA compliant CRM. We've made a connection so that we're porting that URL information along with UTM parameters into uh, a, a CRM so that we're appending all of the performance data to specific records. And then in the context of this HIPAA compliance data warehouse, we can do audience aggregation and segmentation, and we can use that information to define those audiences and then to target those audiences in other third-party platforms without sharing any information. So we're not relying now on any third-party tracking. We're not relying on the platforms to provide us with any data. We're using our own first-party data in a completely de-identified way uh, in order to target. And being able to do that has meant a really significant lift in performance. So in the case of this this uh, one client, which is a very large client, uh, their budgets are tens of millions a year. We were able to improve conversion to lead by 15% using this first party data and improve the targeting. Uh, so there are two different types of leads that we generate for this client, one much more valuable than the other. And we're always trying to optimize for the more valuable lead type. Using first party data enabled us to do that so that the percentage of the most valuable leads versus the secondary leads also increased by 15%. And that's all a first party data exercise. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's pretty incredible to get to that point to be able to do that and increase you know, by 15%. That's, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. So Aaron, tell me a little more about your agency life. Are you hybrid? Are you, do you work 
you know, how did, how have you kind of gone through the pandemic and, you know, what is, what is life right, life like right now for your agency? Yeah. Uh, Pre-pandemic, we were nearly all in Seattle. We have a small office in Richmond, Virginia as well, but mostly in Seattle. Uh, And on March 6, 2020, everybody went home. And I think the short answer is uh, nearly everybody has stayed home. Uh, So in the course of the pandemic, some folks were able to purchase houses that are far outside the city. Other people moved to other states. We hired people all around the country. And so today we're, we're really a remote first company. There are two or three of us who are in the office every day here in Seattle, but the rest of the company is remote. Uh, and it's our intention that it, it remains so. At this point, we have uh, team members in, I think, 15 states. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Payroll is fun, I'm sure. <laughs> it is complex. We, we had the same thing where um, we had people move out of out of you know our state, and we quickly had to figure out oh well we need to pay you know payroll taxes in a different state now it's a whole new whole new ball game. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, well, that's why you hire people to do that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we have someone who's fantastic at that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, Aaron, tell me about kind of where you see yourself in the next couple of years. Where do you want to go and grow, and what do you want to continue to do, and in in where your agency is going to become? Yeah, so we're very much focused on performance marketing in a privacy first world. Our our hypothesis, and it's it's really not much of a gamble, is that what's happening in healthcare uh, with regard to uh, privacy regulations and the shift to first party data is going to happen quite quickly in other industries as well. There already are a host of regulated industries that are headed in this direction. And so by focusing on the healthcare ecosystem, you know, we're, we're focusing on a market where we have a tremendous track record and a strong client base and we'll expand there. But then we also see applying many of the same methodologies to other industries as they also necessarily need to make the shift to uh, a privacy first digital marketing ecosystem. Right. Yeah. So every website you ever visit, you're going to have to accept cookies, right? Or accept, you know, whatever, whatever message that pops up every time you have to go to a website and you want to, you know, use the site for whatever reason. <laughs> that's true. But, you know, the other thing that, that's happening, and I know you're aware of this, is, is that we're also very quickly shifting to a cookie-less world as well. Already half of all websites block cookies. Uh, and so, uh, or rather half of all users uh, are in a context that blocks cookies. And so, and so, uh, I think that obviously is only going to continue. Google has announced that in 2024, they're going to eliminate third party cookies as well. And so again, this shift is going to occur for everyone. And so, you know, the ability to aggregate and use first party data is going to be critical. The ability to differently target and differently measure campaign effectiveness is going to be critical as well. Yeah, we're definitely seeing the the trying to navigate how to come up with different new ways of doing things and what was done before so that you can still know that what you're doing is effective <laughs> and yeah. that you're not, like you said, going in blindly and just uh, hoping that it works, right? I mean, that's not what we want to do. That's how traditional media used to be, right? You put up a billboard, maybe you have a call to action. Maybe somebody would call a phone number or go to a vanity URL. Maybe they would hear you on the radio or TV, but 
you know, everything shifted when we went to the digital space and we could track everything. And now we're just kind of like swinging back the other way, you know, having to yeah. have that one way communication as opposed to what we, what we got so used to and loving as a marketer. And so, yeah, coming up with new ways, new, new things that are not going to violate anybody's privacy, but yet still um, be effective for, for our clients who we're trying to advertise for um, so that they can continue to grow and scale their business too, just as much. So yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a fascinating world that we're in now, huh? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Any other trends that you see that, that are kind of starting to evolve and, uh, you know, privacy obviously is a big one, but is any, is there maybe some new ways that you've been discovering recently that, uh, new, new ways of doing ads, new, um, platforms or just different things that you've seen recently that uh, you want to keep exploring and, and see if we can do more of? Well, as an agency, we've invested quite heavily in our own technology. Part of, part of our belief is that um, digital marketing that isn't differentiated by proprietary technology is at risk of being commoditized. Um, and, and I think uh, we can see that happening quite quickly uh, with the advent of AI and incorporation of AI into lots of digital marketing tasks, particularly those things that are uh, routine. And so our focus has been on, on building our own performance marketing data warehouse, uh, building a platform that enables us to use big data to do deep analysis to inform SEO and uh, PPC strategies. Uh, and to identify opportunities for optimization in ad copy and landing page copy. In both instances, we're using our tech combined with some AI assistance as well. Uh, and then we've built a monitoring technology that enables us to monitor for HIPAA compliance on an ongoing basis as well. So it's been a, a big area of focus for us uh, and an area of concentration as we incorporate all of that into our workflows. Um, I think that that Interestingly, because of what's happening with privacy, because of what's happening with technology, we're kind of headed back to um, the fundamentals of really good marketing. Uh, my sense is in digital marketing for years, we could, particularly in digital advertising, we could hire and be very effective uh, with technicians, people who knew how to pull the levers and understood the equations and could optimize things at a tactical level and could drive performance in that way. This is particularly true in PPC, uh, but also could be true in programmatic where, you know, to an extent, you're also outsourcing that to another platform provider. That is much less true because as we lose fidelity due to the loss of third-party cookies and, the, and we lose the ability to rely on these platforms for targeting, what we're left with is a need to uh, feed the machines with really good data for targeting purposes. So now you have to have a high degree of rigor with regard to your understanding of the data that you have, the data science you can apply to that and the way you can apply that for targeting. And because most optimization, at least in a digital advertising context, is now algorithmically driven and not driven by people, the way that you need to optimize is once again through a deep understanding of your audience really good messaging and really good creative and lots of creative testing. And so you, you end up back at sort of where we were before uh, digital marketing. Okay, now the creative really matters and the message really matters and targeting the audience in a really thoughtful and psychographically resonant way really matters. And the technicians don't matter so much because that's been taken over by the machines. So that's really the biggest trend that we see. 
got to understand the data and feed the machine so that you get the outcome that you want and you have to optimize through really good marketing and really effective creative testing. I hope that everyone sees that and, and absorbs that and learns that and understands that, yes, really good marketing is great. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, Aaron, uh, any other final kind of thoughts that you um, would like to share or that you want our audience to, to hear from you today? Just that it is a fascinating, exciting, and very fast-changing time in digital marketing. Uh, it, it's, an, it's always been an interesting space. Uh, now more than ever, it's a very interesting space. It's almost changing more quickly than all of us can keep up with. Uh, and so it's a fun place to be. Yeah, for sure. And then Aaron, if there are anybody, anybody that's listening that would like to reach out to you, um, to work with you, uh, go ahead and, and share what, how that, how, how can they do that? <laughs> sure. Well, so you can find Wheelhouse Digital Marketing Group at wheelhousedmg.com. Uh, I am on the platform formerly known as Twitter. Uh, at Aaron <laughs> Burnett. Uh, they can reach me by email at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at wheelhousedmg.com. Oh, awesome. I know it's going to be you know, the artist formerly known as Prince, and now it's the <laughs> platform formerly known as Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever. Anyway, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I've learned so much from you as well. So thank you for sharing your nuggets. And uh, for those of you listening, uh, the best thing that you can do for Aaron and I is share this with others who need to hear what Aaron had to say. And of course, give us a review, right, Aaron? That's always important. Reviews are important. That's right. <laughs> Very good. And thank you, everyone. And until next time, enjoy your marketing journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.